Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing wonderful. I am your host, Dr. Daff, and you're listening to a Feminine Impression Podcast. And today we are continuing our series on the book, The Esther Anointing, written by Michelle McLean Walters. Today's segment is titled Teamwork Makes Dream Work. And it is discussing the differences between men and women and how we can work together to fulfill our kingdom purpose. Remember that this is live audio, but I want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, grab something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. How are you ladies doing today? We're going to talk about teamwork makes dream work. And this chapter focuses on building the relationship between men and women for God's kingdom purposes and how we kind of need to bring back the unity between men and women so that we can make a difference in this world. So I'm reading off of page 111. And it does give a scripture in Genesis that talks about when God created man, he created man in his own image, in the image of God. He made him male and female. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And that's Genesis 1, 27, 28. And so we know that God created male and female to be in his image. Okay, it's not just men. And she writes, there are two things that we need to know. Women, as well as man, was created in the image of God. God did not create woman to be inferior to man. Both are equally important. And the woman was also expected to have authority over God's creation. Okay, she says that the Lord Jesus Christ redeemed women from the curse and restored to us authority to rule with men. Jesus changed the status of women. We are no longer to be placed at a man's feet, but at his side. God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs. God used that rib in the creation of Eve. So Eve wasn't from the dirt. (laughs) Eve was from the body, the, the creation. He was from man. Adam was from the dirt. But God never went back to the dirt. This account shows how important the woman is to a man. She is part of his very being, and without her, man is incomplete. And this reminded me of something I read in the book that I'm reading right now called Kingdom Marriage, which is an amazing book. And in that book, it talks about when God said to Adam that he it's not good for man to be alone, we have to remember that it was God who said that. It wasn't like Adam was saying, well, I'm alone and this is not good. God was the one that said, it is not good. So clearly God knew that Adam needed something else in order to be his best self, in order to have full, complete dominion. There needed to be another piece. And that's why he created a helper fit for him. So we have to remember that it was God's design and his plan to give Adam a helper 
because he needed it. It wasn't good. And when God made everything, he, he said, this is good. When he made the stars, when he made the planet, the, the nature that we see, everything that he created, the sun and the moon and the stars, he said, okay, this is good. But at this point, he realized it's not good. This, this is not good. This situation is not the best that it could be. Let's go ahead and make it complete. And he created you. He created woman. So men and women must be renewed in the spirit of their minds. If true partnerships are going to be formed and developed between the genders, we must be healed and delivered from demonic dysfunctions. We must first acknowledge who the real enemy is, and that is Satan. Okay, that is the real enemy to unity. And we must get new definitions regarding the roles of men and women leading together. There must be a letting down of guards. We must learn how to trust God in one another. And we must make a decision to be healed, delivered, and reconciled to one another. And that is huge, right? We have to make our own decisions as women to decide to be healed and delivered from these influences that cause us not to like men. A lot of things that come up, and when I hear just men and women talking casually, there is sort of a rhetoric that women don't need a man. Okay, we hear that all the time. I don't need no man. Girl, please, I don't need no man. How many times have you heard people say that? But I have rarely ever, and you can tell me if you have, heard a man say that they do not need a woman. I've never, I've never, ever heard a man say, I don't need no woman. <laughs> they actually say they need a woman. And whether it's because they need some creative inspiration, they wish that their house looked a little bit better in terms of, you know, maybe it's just really plain, maybe they feel like they need some comfort, they need someone to help make a creative meal, they need just something that they cannot have on their own, they're not designed with, and they realize that there's, there's a piece that's open, that's void, and they need someone to fill it, and they know that they need a woman to fill it they're they recognize it and they say it and they say it proudly they don't say it feeling like they're at a disadvantage they say it like this is something i need and we don't really hear women doing that and that's something that we need to work on is understanding that there is a need for a man it may not be your only need <laughs> but there is a design and there is a function that a man does serve in your life in many different ways, not always just like in a romantic way, but in other ways as well. And I feel like as women, if we don't know what we're missing, then we are at a disadvantage. Okay, if you don't realize that there are certain functions that can make your life work better for you and you're just not taking advantage of it, then you are working harder, you're shortening your lifespan, you're shortening or you're changing your life experience. And if you have children, you're also putting them at a disadvantage because you're not taking advantage of your resources. So all of that just starts with your mentality in terms of what you think you need and why you think you need it. And women, I believe, need to be delivered 
from believing that we do not need a man. Men um, need to be delivered from other things as well. Uh, because when I when I hear men speaking, especially masculine men, when they're with you know their friends and they're just talking very freely, or even if I hear them like on a sports channel or just kind of on the fly, I do hear them speaking poorly of women. You know, men usually start by complaining about how women are this and women are so annoying and women just want to take all your money and they have their own kind of like rhetoric that they're always chiming on, right? Because they feel like things are unfair. But rarely do I hear men naturally just uplifting women on their own. It's usually in a very negative way that they're speaking about us. And so it kind of goes both ways. And it's just something that we understand is, it has been set up from the beginning. Satan's the one that started this. And so we need to recognize who the real enemy is. It's not, it's not each other. I'm going to read from page 112 where she talks about Satan's plan. So Satan has a plan to continue to oppress women. He wants to snare and entrap us with pains of the past. He wants to keep us in a vicious cycle of blaming and finger pointing at men. This is a season to take responsibility for our healing and deliverance. We must reconcile within ourselves that we may never get an apology or an acknowledgement of the injustices against us. Many times it's not justice that we want, it's revenge, it's vengeance. Justice seeks to make wrong things right, where vengeance wants to make someone suffer and pay for the damage done. We must not allow bitterness to defile our anointing and stifle our growth. The Lord will give us strategies to overcome inequality while sustaining a godly spirit. And that is just the truth. Most, most of us as women, if we've gone through anything unfortunate with a man we do want that revenge or we do want that vengeance we want them to suffer and pay for what they've done and it, it may not even be someone who's done something to us if we hear on the news about something inappropriate or something that was just disrespectful or just unbelievable we want that man to pay and <laughs> on one hand I, I'll be honest, on one hand, I used to like seeing that. I used to like seeing women coming together for once instead of being against one another in terms of wanting justice for a woman. But again, a lot of it wasn't justice. It's more vengeance. However, we have had so many things that have happened to us as women that when we see another woman suffering or going through something that's just completely unfair, we want her to get everything that she deserves. However, we have to realize that that spirit is still not a spirit from God. And that is not the energy and that's not the spirit that you want to carry. You want, you want God to be the one that gives justice because his justice is perfect. And I always tell you, a lot of times you might think that the way that you're getting someone revenge is the way that's going to hurt them. And sometimes it does. But most of the time, it doesn't. And yeah, the man might be upset for a little bit, or you might get a little bit of his money, and he might be upset that you got over on him in that way. But what you really want, which is for whatever it was to have not happened, doesn't ever change. Okay? Whatever it was that he did, he still did it.
And so because of that, you have to remember that whatever it is that you're looking for, that part, it really isn't going to change outside of God being the one to change his heart or to convict his heart and to change the system. And a lot of times I feel like as women, we do believe that things are unfair for us because we have to go through so many things that men don't always have to go through. A lot of us have to be responsible in ways that we don't feel like men have to be responsible, especially when you have children. A lot of men put the whole responsibility on you. And that can be really, really, I mean, it could just be earth shattering sometimes because you cannot fully take care of yourself and take care of a child and take care of him all by yourself. And a lot of times that's kind of what's expected. A lot of times men feel like they can run away from responsibilities and they get away with things. And so we as women, I'm not saying it's not justifiable, it's understandable. It's understandable, but we have to go to our source in order to get healing from that, in order to get deliverance and to get justice and not going towards the man because it doesn't work. And a lot of times, you know, there is a double standard and that is frustrating where a lot of times men, it seems like they just don't care to understand how you might feel or what you might go through or your decision. Maybe you made the same decision he made, but because you're a woman, it's looked at as being just completely like unacceptable. Whereas if a man did it, it's like, oh, he's a man, right? And that's not okay either. So we do have double standards that came from society, really. And there really is no explanation of it in terms of when you look at it from God's standpoint, you realize that it's literally just people that have made these things okay. There's nothing that says that a man should be doing these things because he's wired to do these things. Everything always comes back to self-control and personal government. And so that's something we need to definitely change as a society. I do want to know from you ladies, what do you struggle with in terms of getting along with men? Do you feel like you are able to have good, neutral relationships with men? Do you feel like there's tension, resentment when we look at men as a whole? Not necessarily maybe men you know, but just men in general. When you think of men, do you get a, a great feeling or do you get like a annoyed or resentful spirit like what is your first gut reaction when you hear the term men what comes to mind because that is important in terms of just your own development being honest with yourself and actually analyzing what your natural thought is about men especially men in this society and i know that sometimes in terms of men we may have different views depending on if we're talking about black men or we're talking about foreign men or we're talking you know it's like sometimes our opinion changes based on what category of men we're talking about right and that's something to also take a look at if you hear black man what does your mind go straight to okay when you hear italian man what does your mind go to when you hear rich man you know what where does your mind go or is it all the same to you 
because that is it's important to to analyze this especially for the ladies who may have had any sort of inappropriate behaviors with men at a young age whether it was a man in your family whether it was a man you did not know if you've ever had anything inappropriate happen with a man it will shape how you see men it will shape how you interact with them and for some women I've met women who have clearly admitted to this two things I've met a number of women who have told me that they're uninterested in ever getting married because they hate men and it's because of something that happened to them when they were a child or something that happened to like their sister when they were a child. Maybe they were abused by a man in the family. And because of that, they're just, no, absolutely not. I'm done with men. Or some women have even decided to be in like lesbian relationships because of their dislike, distrust and hatred towards men. And it's not like they are not maybe physically wanting that but they don't want the the gender of a man because of things that have happened to them and some of that stuff is just so deeply rooted that it affects our entire life experience so it is something to to think about and something to take seriously because unfortunately men are here not unfortunately <laughs> because men are here <laughs> whether or not we like it we have to live with them we have to know them and if something did happen to you, you can't completely avoid them anyway. And if you have a child who's a boy, he will be a man at some point. And you have to also give him good guidance and direction and not have a distorted or cloudy view of men. All of it is, is so important and all of it is difficult. None of it is easy. But it's something that we do need to talk about because it hinders us as women. So I do want to know about you and how you see men and how you see your interactions with men and, and how men maybe have been with you in your life. If you feel like you've had good experiences or if you feel like men have made your life more difficult, I definitely do want to know. So in the book, the author talks about different hindrances and she points out four different things as women that she has seen are hindrances in us being able to elevate in terms of men. So she calls them entrapment. So things that are pretty much keeping us women trapped in our lives, not allowing us to grow because we have these thoughts and feelings about men. There's four different things. I'm going to go through three of them. The first one she talks about is called the because I'm a woman entrapment. And I like this one because she actually gave an example a personal example in her own life of how this affected her but she says if women are going to work with men in team ministry we must not see everything through the lens of rejection we must not think that everything a man does is injustice because we're women I can remember working with a team of men at a conference and everyone's video was placed on the website except mine the devil instantly began to put thoughts in my mind saying, they're doing that to you because you're a woman. No one else's video got left off, just yours, right? I immediately shut him down with the truth. I had a great relationship with the host and I knew his heart was to promote my ministry. I knew it was just an oversight or technical difficulties. 
We must rightly judge every situation and cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I like the fact that she was honest about the fact that her first thought was, he did this because I'm the only woman. Like, he's, he's trying to mess me up. But then she cast that thought down. She took hold of her thoughts and took authority over her thoughts and said, no. I know this person's character. I know they wouldn't do that to me. It was probably just an oversight. And to me, this is something that can truly save your friendships, your job, your relationships, if you can start adding this into the way that you behave. And I call it the or factor. When I was in college, my roommate and I used to like play around and we used to make comments and then we would say, or, and then we would kind of say something else. So we can we would say i don't know i'm just gonna make something up like well this glass of water looks like it's pretty cold and she'd say or it looks like it's lukewarm and we would do that we would just kind of like play around like we were kids but it stuck with me and it came up when i would have anything that would happen to me where i'd feel slighted or i'd feel like maybe someone was trying to play me I would think about whatever the first thought came to my mind was, and then I would say, or maybe they didn't see it, or maybe they didn't say it in that way, especially like with text messages, when people text things, you read it in the voice that you think that they're saying it in. You don't know exactly how they're saying whatever they're saying. So sometimes I'd get a message and I'd be like, oh, and I, I'd think, oh, okay, maybe that's not what they meant it's like or maybe they meant this or maybe they haven't seen it yet and that's helped me because so many times when I have not reacted and I've waited it out or maybe asked a question I realized that I would have been wrong had I just snapped or had I just immediately went with my first thought I would have been dead wrong so embarrassed and it would have been unnecessary so that's something that's important just in general but in terms of men and women just understanding that a lot of times we have to remember that not everyone looks at things through the lens we're looking at it through sometimes yes it could be a slight at you but sometimes it isn't and when we start asking questions or we start using our spiritual discernment on things we'll be able to see what's real and what's kind of in our minds in our heads in our imaginations which is why scripture says to cast down all of those imaginations because the devil will use that to get you that's what the devil has is your thoughts and so tricking you and telling you that things are not what they seem gets you paranoid it gets you angry and gets you all fired up and you could be wrong okay so what happens when you're wrong and and that's it's pretty embarrassing if you react right away and you're wrong and it's just not good for you so that's something that I definitely want you to start thinking about the or factor and then the second thing that she talks about is the contempt for men entrapment and then she talks about how in the story in the Esther story that the king and his advisors believed that the queen, Queen Vashti, do you remember the beginning of the story? She refused to come out when he, when the king asked for her to come out and they were having their party and, and all the men were drunk and they asked the king to bring his wife out to sort of like parade around all the men. And 
she said no. And that's what actually started this whole process because his advisors told him that if she says no, then all the women are going to start treating their man with disrespect. And do we want the women in the kingdom to start doing that? So you got to get rid of her. And so in the book, she says that we must be careful that our use of authority is not perceived as contempt for men. Contempt can be defined as feeling that someone or something is not worthy of respect or approval. It is also a lack of respect for or fear of something that is usually respected. As we move and operate in our gifts and callings, we must exercise wisdom and humility. There may be times when we don't agree with our male counterparts, but we must be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and how we handle these issues. Everything does not need to be confronted. Yet there are times when our cooperating with a course of action is not in line with God's will. Okay? There must be a balance between confrontation and cooperation. I believe that this one is probably the most serious in terms of strife between men and women is content. And I didn't realize how it plays out in relationships until I started praying about it, doing more research and watching and really taking the time to watch not only how my man would respond to certain things, but just watching men in general and how they would respond to things. And I started seeing everything just kind of opened in my eyes because I wasn't raised living with my dad in the home. So all of the, all the times where I would see him or interact with him, I couldn't tell if it was just what I was doing because I was a child or I was, you know, just so different. Like he's very, 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 very masculine and be just being like super <laughs> feminine. And I just thought maybe that's just like him not realizing a lot of what he was doing is just characteristic of most men. And the little comments I'd make and the little things I would do that pushes buttons, I realized that this was happening across the board. And it wasn't because, you know, he's my dad. It's because this is how he functions as a man. And when I started seeing the love and respect dynamic and how, how much it affects men when they feel like they're disrespected in terms of how they love you and how they show you affection, it truly is cause and effect. And a lot of women are completely clueless to this, completely clueless, because no one's ever taught them. And when I say clueless, I mean a lot of times I think we women do not realize what men consider disrespectful. When I started paying close attention to this and really trying to fine tune that, I was shocked because to me, a lot of the things were not what I would consider disrespectful. <laughs> but as a man with their male like ego and the way that they function, a lot of those things are unnecessary. Like they're things that I could not have said, I could not have done and wasn't necessary. And yet it spiraled this whole reaction. And this could be a male that you're dating. It could be your boss or any, any kind of male authority. It could be your father. But anytime you're dealing with men, there is this uh, dynamic where respect is a factor. And when I read the book, Love and Respect, which is an amazing book, 
It talks about how men don't tolerate disrespect from other men. Immediately they shut it down and they deal with that man. So when a woman does it, it's very disheartening and more complicated because especially if they're like dating you or they're married to you because they don't quite know what's going on. It's like, no one else talks to me like this. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't tolerate this from anyone. The person that I love is now talking to me like this or doing this to me. How do I handle it? And in turn, they just kind of stonewall and shut down. And a lot of times it's not, like, again, it's not something that maybe you would even consider disrespectful, but it could just be an unnecessary comment, an unnecessary facial expression, and just things that sort of diminish his role as a man. So this is really, really important. Of course, this is not something she just dives into, but it's something I would definitely want you to consider thinking about your relationships with men and how you choose how you're going to respond to things. Like, do you just say whatever you want to say and kind of think anyone and everyone should just deal with it? Or are you a little bit more careful depending on who you're speaking to? How do you see men? Do you see them through the lens of your father, of your brothers, of maybe men that you've dated? Because this is going to affect all of your relationships. If your boss reminds you of one of your ex-boyfriends because of how he talks to you, how does that affect the way you speak to him, right? These things are all connected, especially if you put men in a certain category. And it's going to show up. They're going to realize that there's something that you're doing that just doesn't sit well with them. And it's going to, um, it's going to affect you. So I definitely want you to think about that. Because I believe that that is the most significant problem between men and women. And then the third one is, I won't be taken advantage of again, entrapment. And in this one, she talks about how women sort of, maybe who have been slighted in the past, kind of put a wall up and think, okay, well, I'm not going to allow men to help me or to encourage me or teach me because I'm not going to go through what I went through before. And she says, the Lord is raising up men in the earth who will have the father's heart towards women. Hey guy, the eunuch represents those men who we will see, who will see the giftings and talents in women. Hey guy saw Esther's potential, not just her physical beauty. He didn't have a sexual desire towards her. His motives were pure. He gave her advice and resources and positioned her to win favor with the king. He also represents those men in the world who have knowledge and wisdom to impart that will prepare us for the next level of ministry. He mentored Esther in the rules of the palace and explained the decree of death to her. This goes into how we decide which men we're going to allow in our lives for different reasons. Now, as a woman, especially if you're a young woman, especially if you're a woman who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience with men, with maybe men in your life, maybe you're a woman who grew up in a single parent household, you didn't really interact with men, you might even be scared of men. There are so many women that are scared of men because they haven't had any interactions with them. So when a man is in their presence, they don't know what to say, how to act, they're 
nervous and it may not be a man that they're even interested or attracted to but they're nervous because they've had no experience and that's also it can be also a little dangerous because some of those ladies especially if you were younger and you didn't have a father figure and maybe you had a teacher or a community member or a church leader who was a man who kind of embraced you but maybe was inappropriate or you didn't see the signs of it being inappropriate because you've never had that male uh, communication and that male relationship, you didn't quite know where the line should be drawn. That is something that does happen to a lot of women. And because of that, you may think, wow, I don't know how I didn't see that coming. So in the future, no men. Like, I'm just not dealing with men. I don't want a male mentor. I don't want a male teacher. I don't want men around me because I can't tell when they like me. I can't tell when they're being inappropriate. I just can't tell. And so if you're one of those women, again, it's so important that you begin to pray about this and ask God to give you discernment with this because you need it. You are going to have to interact with men and you do need to feel confident that you can know in your heart of hearts when something is wrong. But you can also trust men who are, you know, well-meaning to help you if they want to. And also not feel like because they're helping you, you need to then sleep with them or give them something back in return. Okay, um, because again, a lot of times if you haven't had that male dynamic, you might think I owe him something like he's so nice to me. He must want to have sex with me. Not to say that a lot of men aren't that way because they are. Again, you need that discernment and you need to know who is, you know, coming in with what angle. And you only know that when you talk to God and you pray about it because I don't think that it's as easy as just saying yes to every man. You do need to have discernment with that. But a lot of men have been helpful to me in my life. Older men, they weren't, you know, my age, but they were older. I've had great, great, great interactions with older men who have helped me in different areas in my life. And again, like one, one of the men, he passed away now, but he went to my church and he was a really old man. And... I would go into a Sunday school class and he would give out donuts. That's why I went. And he was so, so nice. And he would always give me a donut, but first he would ask me what my lesson was about. And if I told him, then he would give me a donut. And he would bring me gifts. And so my mom was like, who in the world is this guy? So she obviously needed to check him out. And when she started speaking to him and realizing, okay, he's just like a really sweet old man who never had children, who just loves people. And in the church, he was sort of known for like being the person to just love on people and always had gifts. And I was very close with him. He taught me a lot. He was kind of like a grandfather to me because I never had a grandfather. So I, I loved spending time with him. I was there all the way up until he died. And he was a blessing and there was nothing inappropriate, malicious, nothing. He just wanted to shower me with love and gifts <laughs> and he just never had children and never had that opportunity and wanted to do that with the children in the church. And so um, I've had maybe like men at work, like a mentor, an older man at my job who um, 
was just always super kind to me and he didn't obviously like nothing inappropriate and you know like as soon as anything becomes inappropriate even the first time it's it's done like it's they've shown their true colors you will know them by their fruit whatever they do boom that's it like you know but never show any signs of anything inappropriate just a kind man that just wanted to help me and you know guide me in my job i've had situations especially in college where i got into, i was almost going to get into trouble and the man that was working on whatever it was that i got myself into was you know a black man he was super kind he had a daughter who was my age and while the woman wanted to um, like kick me out of school and that whole situation was something I'll talk about later because it was so disheartening to me being that the person that was trying to actually like mess things up for me was a older black woman but this man uh, decided that you know what I want to help these girls out it was me and some other some other young ladies and he wanted to help us out and he you know believed our story looked into our case and just made everything right and it wasn't anything inappropriate it wasn't anything that made me question okay does he want something for me I'm this young college girl he's an older man do I have to do something for him now that he's helped me there's just that genuine touch where you know that God's hand was on it and that God was using him to be able to help me and to be able to cover me. And so, you know, it's not all the time that it's been like that. There have been situations where men, you know, were slightly inappropriate and not very many. Usually I can tell right from the beginning, honestly, like just the way someone looks at you can be enough. And again, just praying about it. There's a proverb, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And to me, that is major. Like, you trusting in God and truly asking him, like, okay, I don't know men, but this particular man wants to help me with something. What should I do? Please lead me. Please guide me. I trust you. If you say no, you know, he's offering to do all these things for you, but it's not okay. I know his heart. Don't take it. And you don't trust God and you, you want that college tuition or you want that opportunity. And so you just ignore it. That's when we tend to get ourselves into problems. But if you go to God and you pray about it, then he will always direct your path. So I want you to think about a time maybe in your own life. Can you think of a time where you were helped or led by a man? It could be maybe an uncle that you had that just cared about you. It could be a mentor of some sort, a teacher. But has there ever been a man in your life that has genuinely wanted to help you and did help you in some way with no strings attached, with nothing inappropriate? Um, has that ever happened with you? I know when I was doing this like lesson, I had to think hard about it because my mind, it didn't come easily. I had to really think about my life and if there was a man who had because to be honest, I'm not usually very open to men helping me or dealing with me at all because you know, I just don't want any problems. So um, I'm usually very skeptical of any man trying to to help me um, or to do things for me unless I can tell that they do have a pure heart. 
And um, that's something that, you know, I probably need to pray about more, but, you know, I'm just, in this day and age, I'm just very careful because of my experiences just with people not always being as genuine as they appear. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a virtual counseling service where you can schedule phone or video sessions. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. It is a worldwide service and can help you in areas such as depression, anxiety, anger, trauma, and other concerns. Everything that you share is confidential, professional, and affordable. You can check out their testimonials on their website daily. And note, this is not a crisis hotline. I want you to live a life where you're full of happiness and hope today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com feminine. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's better H E L P dot com slash feminine. And then the fourth way, the fourth entrapment that she talks about is the I'll use a woman because I can't find a man entrapment. So this one I'll let you read on your own. This one is where she talks about Deborah in the Bible or Deborah, the prophetess who um, helped Barak in the Bible. And she talks about, you know, our God-given strengths as women to also assist men in different ways. So I'll let you read about that. But it is definitely um, another entrapment that some women do find themselves thinking uh, because I can't because I can't find a man I'll use a woman and sort of lowering our worth and lowering um, what we what we bring because we bring a whole lot so I want to talk a little bit about mentorship because that to me is what Mordecai Esther's uncle did for her and I really do want you ladies to be able to think about the fact that we live in a world where we don't know everything no matter what family you were born into, there's going to be deficits, there's going to be holes, things that other people need to fill. That's how God made all of us, and he did it for a reason, because he knew that we're supposed to fit together like a puzzle. And this person may have knowledge on finances, or maybe you were never taught about that. Maybe this person has knowledge about femininity. Maybe this person has knowledge about your style and how you can dress or change your hairstyles, whatever it is. We all are blessed with different gifts and different information and different life experiences. And so we're supposed to talk to each other. We're not supposed to always know it all. Okay, if you are a woman who thinks that you have it all, like you know everything about everything, then you're at a disadvantage because you're not allowing yourself to grow. You're not allowing yourself to know the truth. The truth is you don't have all the information. And the truth is you can grow and you can be even better than you are and you can have a better life experience than what you have if you are open to getting information from other people. Now some people don't like getting information from other people because of pride. Maybe you don't ever want to feel like you don't know it all or you don't have it all. Or sometimes jealousy. Sometimes for you to watch another 
beautiful, successful woman's video on how to manage your finances might make you feel insecure and make you feel like, oh, wow, she's so great. Like she knows how to make money, you know, <laughs> and that jealousy keeps us from being able to learn and being able to form partnerships and friendships and mentor-mentee relationships. You do have to be able to understand that just because someone is great in one area doesn't mean that they're better than you. It just means that this is something that God gave them and there's something that they also need from someone else. I want you to think about your own life. Like, do you have a mentor? Do you need a mentor? In what area would you like a mentor? And leave me a comment below. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what the author says about Mordecai's relationship with Esther as her mentor and her uncle. It says that it is clear throughout the story of Esther that God sovereignly chose to use Mordecai and Esther to deliver his plan and deliver his people. Here we see a, a team that was willing to take a risk. Mordecai, who mentored Esther, challenged her fears and awakened the courage inside of her to go before the king. His counsel gave her perspective. I have found many times that as a woman, I allow my emotions to cause me to lose perspective on the big picture when it relates to my call and my destiny. It's usually the male mentors in my life who have caused me to see the big picture. Your mentor will have more faith in you than you have for yourself. You may not be able to find the perfect mentor, but you should be able to find a person or various people who can impart to you the qualities and skills you need to accomplish your assignments. The primary mentor for a woman should be another woman. The primary mentor nourishes your womanhood helps to bring healing to your emotions, and helps ensure your character is befitting of a godly woman. The primary mentor has the greatest impact on your life. The male mentor is more like a coach. They inspire you to reach your full potential in a specific area in your life, as we see here with Mordecai and Esther. It has been my experience that male mentors are like older brothers and uncles in my life. I also have a relationship with their wives. Very important. She also has a relationship with their wives. The evaluation and impartation from the men have helped me reach spiritual maturity and develop my leadership skills. It has been my experience that when safe places are created for instruction and communication, male mentors can be a valuable resource. If Esther had not been open to receive guidance, counsel, and confidential information from her cousin and mentor, she would not have been mentally, spiritually, or physically in position to expose Haman's plot. So you have to remember, her, her cousin Mordecai told her that when you go there, do not reveal your identity, change your name, okay? She, he gave her all these instructions that you need to do something to help deliver your people. And all of his promptings and instructions are what she listened to to be able to become queen and to be able to deliver her people. Had Esther not listened to him or not even had the spirit of humility to be able to listen to him, none of that stuff would have happened. And that's so important for us as women to be able to humble ourselves 
and listen when we're being guided. And that can be by your father, by your husband, by any male in spiritual authority. So maybe your pastor, being humble enough to listen and to be able to hear from them. And then also to be able to be obedient to that. Because I'll tell you, and I've said it before, God does speak through those people. God does speak to you through your parents. He does speak to you through your husband, through your pastor. There are specific people that God does speak through to you because he's placed them as authority in your life. And so to completely be disrespectful and not be willing to listen to, say, your husband because you don't think he's smart or you don't think he's as spiritually mature as you are, it's like, I don't even see you reading the Bible. How are you going to tell me something? Like, that is disrespect in your mind, even though you're not saying it, right? That is holding him in contempt. And God could be speaking right through him because he's placed him, God has placed him in a position to be able to speak to you and to be able to have you submit to the things that he's saying because he's in alignment. So it's important that you don't just dismiss things because you can miss something big, not humbling yourself because you think you know everything or you think you don't need them anymore. Right. So she could have said, well, I'm queen now, so I don't need to listen to my uncle anymore. Like I'm already here. I don't I don't need to do that. Right. She could have. But instead, when he gave her those words, OK, that maybe you have come to be queen for such a time as this to be able to deliver your people. She thought about it and she considered and then she followed through. But she didn't have to. She could have said, no, that sounds great. But hey, <laughs> I already got the crown, so I don't need to do this. And that's important in terms of having a mentor and being willing to actually listen. Now, the author writes that Satan has put a great divide in male-female relationships in the kingdom. And sin has distorted the relationship between man and woman at every level. But God is restoring the unity in male-female relationships that was lost in the garden the Lord is giving revelation and insight, causing men and women to understand their different roles in relationship to one another. I believe the Lord is restoring unity, respect, and collaboration in male-female relationships to accomplish his purpose in the earth. This kind of teamwork carries with it the fullness of God's nature and character. As fathers and mothers who have gained God's mindset on male-female teamwork, Nurture sons and daughters. Those sons and daughters will grow, become fathers and mothers, who will also nurture sons and daughters with a proper male-female mindset, creating a godly legacy in the earth. And I believe that that is so true. And I'm, I'm seeing a shift where men and women are starting to listen to one another and actually take each other's feelings into consideration. I'm starting to see more couples that are staying together in the media, uh, more couples that are honoring their marriage in the media. I'm seeing more conversations around marriage and more honesty to help couples stay together. Because the truth is, even if men and women act like they don't like each other, if men are just talking trash about women, if women are talking trash about men, at the end of the day, they still want to date. They still want to sleep together. They still desire one another. 
So how are you going to hold all of these negative feelings and then go take her out to dinner? It's like, it doesn't work. You have to, at some point, understand one another and be willing to say, okay, I can compromise, I can bend, I can listen, I can consider this. That is necessary because you're not going to stay away from one another. So if you're not willing to learn about each other and willing to learn what this person doesn't like as a whole, what I don't like, what I do like, and be willing to work together, that's how we can create real partnership. And again, when you have children, you don't want to put your thoughts into that child. If you're a woman and you have a daughter, you don't want to make her think that all men are a certain way and that she cannot trust a man and that she is only going to be used by men. You cannot use your trauma and the things that have happened to you to scare your children because they are coming from your lens and your experience. But you have to look at it through God's eyes. You have to look at it through what should be. Even though it may not be at, at this point, this is the natural design for things. And be honest. You know, be honest about what didn't work. It's hard to be honest if you don't know. If you don't know what you did, you know, to cause a certain reaction or to cause something to happen. If you can't even identify your role in something, which is what the author wants us women to do, is start taking responsibility and accountability for our own behavior and our own role. If you can't even see it, then how can you teach your daughter? You know, if you can't even see where you went wrong, even in some of the worst situations, as an adult, you can look back and think about what you could have done differently. Even if you were tricked, even if you were slighted, even if something unfortunate happened, what could you have done differently? Maybe you should have went out with more people. Maybe you shouldn't have gone out that late. Maybe you should have told someone where you were going. Maybe you should not have dated a man who didn't have a job. Maybe you should have you know, thought a little bit more about this man's mental health before you had sex with him. Maybe you should have considered this person's spirituality, religious background before you married them. You know, there are things that we sometimes don't even want to think about, like what we should have done, because we just know, okay, like, this is so stupid. Why didn't I do that? Or how could I have missed that? But we have to, because that's the only way that you can help teach someone else not being so ashamed and being able to talk about it. I have a mentor, and she is a woman. She is a woman from my church, and I was in her Sunday school class as a little girl. She was at my sweet 16, and then when I... I want to say two years ago, I reached out to her and I just asked if she'd be willing to mentor me. I didn't know what that meant. I, my mom actually had told me or asked me to be a mentor to like a young person because she felt like with all of my um, experiences and just everything that I should be pouring into another little girl. So there was a little girl at my church whose mother passed away. And she's really young and you know she's being raised by her father and i really 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 wanted to mentor her but we just could never seem to coordinate and so i'm like okay well i wouldn't have known what i was doing anyway maybe i should get a mentor so i reached out and she said yes and we would meet up before covid like once a month and we would have dinner and just talk and we would talk about all kinds of things and it was so nice She's in her 60s, so she's much older, grew up in a different generation, and so she would tell me, like, well, you know, 
during my generation. This is what we would do. I learned about a lot of etiquette through her. I even learned like how to order certain foods and how to talk to a waiter. <laughs> I learned a lot of things just by watching her because, you know, my mom is absolutely fantastic, but she grew up in a different country and being an immigrant and not even sometimes knowing some of the social norms or just the generational knowledge sometimes just isn't there. And she encouraged me to find another woman as well to pour into me. This woman is very honest with me. She talks to me about her divorce and what happened with her husband and the things that she didn't know, the things that she missed, the things that, you know, she wishes she could have done differently, all kinds of things. You know, she's talked about all kinds of things with me. And it's been so helpful in my life. And I love her so much. And I believe that there can be a mentor for me in different areas of my life. Like that's just kind of like a general woman that's pouring into my womanhood. But I would love a mentor maybe with my career or maybe being a mother or being a wife. I would like mentors in different categories. And in terms of a male mentor, I believe I do have a mentor. And unfortunately, you know, he passed away. But Dr. Miles Monroe, he is no longer here, but his videos are still on YouTube. I've purchased almost all of his books. And although he's not here, he has imparted so much knowledge into my life that I, I feel like I know him personally. And he has been a mentor to me. And for me, it's just it's just the same as if he were here because I've learned so much from him. So your mentor does not even have to be someone who is physically alive. If they've left tons and tons of information, then you can learn from them. And him being a man has written books on, on men and what men need and the godly design of a man. And it helps me to be able to get different perspectives from men who I believe are qualified to teach me about relationships, dating, and um, and God. So let me know in the comments below if you would like a mentor, but in what category? What category in your life would you like a mentor in? So maybe you're a business owner, or maybe you need a mentor in just becoming a woman. Perhaps you didn't have a mom who taught you how to be a woman or taught you how to live with a man. You know, maybe she may have taught you how to pick a good date, but not how to actually be a good wife. Or maybe you need a mentor uh, with your college career. Maybe you don't know what path to take and you need someone in that career to help guide you. But let me know in the comments so that you can kind of get your mind rolling and pray about it and ask God to help you find someone that can pour into you. And again, it doesn't have to be someone who's actually talking to you. It could be someone that you find on YouTube that's just like a gold mine and they have all the information that you have questions about and you can um, just watch their content or read their books and grow from there. And lastly, I do want to say a prayer. She outlines a beautiful prayer to activate male and female teamwork. And I want to read that. If you can just close your eyes and just be present and just invite the Holy Spirit to be with you. Invite the Lord to just take hold of you know your mind and not be distracted by anything in your environment. And just take this in. Two are better than one because they have a good, more satisfying reward for their labor. For if they fall, 
one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, then they have warmth. But how can one be warm alone? And though a man might prevail against him who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Ecclesiastes 4.9, that just talks about it's important to have friendships and have teams and be able to be together as people so that if an enemy or a threat ever comes, that the more people that are there, they can protect one another and they can help one another rather than being alone. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every single woman that's been able to join us. We thank you for your protection today. And we just thank you for allowing us to be here in your presence. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you forgive us of our sins and you allow the kingdom of heaven to come down into this place, into our homes, into our hearts. We ask that heaven's lifestyle, influence, and culture take over our surroundings and our bodies and in our lives. Father, I thank you that you are restoring male and female relationships in the body of Christ. Your word says that two are better than one. I pray for divine connection with men with a pure heart to be drawn to me. I loose myself from pains of the past. Lord, the power of your blood cleanses my heart from all bitterness. I will be a woman of authority and submit to men in authority. I command every wall of division and suspicion to fall between men and women in leadership. There is safety in numbers. I will not be a woman who is isolated and outside the protection of a team. I choose to trust those in leadership over me. I am not God's alternative plan. I am specifically and intentionally called, anointed, and appointed to fulfill his kingdom purposes in the earth. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And that is a prayer to activate male and female teamwork. And I hope and pray that each and every one of you ladies are able to open up that relationship in your heart to be able to be more willing to work with men and to have men work with you and just to heal from anything that has happened between you and men in your life. And I pray that you have success in everything that you're doing. You're not afraid to work with men, to speak to men, and to trust men to be able to help guide you. And I will take questions. I did have a question, some questions that came up last time that I wasn't able to answer. And one of them was asking about if I believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And I don't know if that person is still here, but I 100% absolutely believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. I know this culture has now changed things around so much where it's like, okay, all these different paths can lead to heaven. But the Lord says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the only way. He is a door. Jesus is a door. He is the only way to get to heaven. And no one can get to heaven except through him, except through Christ. So... I don't know if you're still here, the person that asked that question. Hi, from North Carolina. As a Christian woman, what are your thoughts on Queen Afua's Sacred Woman? I have not. Is that a book? I have heard of her, but I don't. Is, is Sacred Woman a book that she wrote? I don't, I don't I'm not familiar with Sacred Woman. So I'm not. What is? What exactly does she teach or what is she 
What is she saying? Where is that information coming from? Is it coming from the Bible? Is it coming from her spirit? Where is it coming from? I got kind of scared of men so that even if they approach me in a friendly, romantic way, I ignore them and reject them. How could I not be scared and give them a chance? So why are you scared of men? Are you scared because you don't know what to say? Or are you afraid that they're going to hurt you or you just have no idea how to interact with a man? Maybe because you haven't had any experience? I would say that's something that you definitely need to pray about. And to be honest, you just need more, more practice with it. If you work at a job where you're interacting with a lot of people, it helps because you just get to have more conversations. But a lot of that is just honestly practice and, you know, even practicing with your family members. Because if you really are not around a lot of men, you might even be nervous to talk to your male cousins or your male uncles because first they're men, they're men first. And so you might even have a little bit of nervousness talking with them. So a lot of it is practice. But I would definitely pray about it and ask God to reveal to you what the real reason is because there's always a real like spiritual reason behind it and just sort of bring that to the forefront so you can deal with that because there may be some fear of something that maybe you're not you're not sure of. So someone says she has shared that her rituals have helped her with her feminine journey. Not exactly biblical, but she has helped some women. What kind of rituals does she do? I know that there are a lot of women that I've seen like on my channel that tell me that they go to like spirit guides. I don't know if this is what she is, but that they'll go to spirit guides and they have their feminine energy healed in all of these other spiritual ways. And I don't know what that's about. I also don't think that that is necessary. I think that a lot of these things are just the same old thing being regurgitated in a way that just is more mystical and more appealing and more mysterious, but it's all the same old thing, you know, and some of it honestly just gets you into more problems and you just don't need it. You really don't need it. For the fast, are we doing a food or social media fast, or is it up to us? Well, ultimately, it is up to you, but definitely a food fast. When you're fasting, you should not be on social media. When you're fasting, you really should be giving all of your attention to God. If you're on social media, then you're doing something like maybe listening to a sermon, listening to a conversation around God, listening to music, but you're not like browsing, liking, posting. So you really shouldn't be ever doing that if you are fasting. But it is a food fast. I'm used to doing everything alone just because I've never let it stop me from doing things I want to do. What advice do you have for meeting like-minded people who are focused on positivity and greatness? Yeah, that's, that's not the easiest thing. I'm, I'll be honest, it's not. I think the first thing you can do is focusing on certain things that you enjoy doing and then finding groups of people who also share that same joy so it can be a group that you find that likes to go hiking or it could be a church group it can be some sort of a fraternity or sorority but first finding like what you enjoy doing and then finding people who also enjoy doing it and weeding through that group 
if you like creativity, so if you're into maybe like sculptures and art design and that kind of thing, then finding that community on Instagram, on Facebook, or on, I think there's a group called like Meetup or something where people that are actually strangers meet up for a common interest. So it's really going to be a matter of weeding out because in every group, you're going to have those people that are just there to cause havoc or there to just mess things up. That is life. That's the world we live in. But you can find communities of people that have your interest if you can narrow down at least like one thing you love doing and then finding something specific to that one thing. When my husband and I have an argument, I shut down and I can't find the words to express myself. It causes a problem with us. What can I do to avoid this? Hmm. That's not always a bad thing. I think sometimes, I mean, shutting down how? Like, are you shutting down and, like, shutting yourself out, like, leaving the conversation? Are you crying? Are you just, like, not able to continue? I mean, and obviously arguments cannot be avoided completely, but I would definitely encourage them to be more conversations rather than arguments. Because when I think argument, I think of not only are you, like, opposing, but there's aggression, right? Like there's negative things being said, words being said, tone being inappropriate, cutting off of one another. And that's not something that would make you feel safe to express yourself, right? If you're arguing, you may be feeling overpowered or, you know, um, you're verbally quiet. Yeah, well, that's sometimes you need to be. Sometimes it's okay to just say, okay, you know, like, I heard you. I'm just going to, like, take some time and think about this until you get your thoughts together and then come back and say, like, I thought about what you said and this is this is how I feel or this is what I think. And having that conversation another time. Now, I don't know if you and your husband are on that spiritual level where you feel comfortable praying together. But I have seen like a lot of success with couples that are willing to do that. Like if you have grown in your relationship to a certain spiritual level, you may sometimes be able to pray before having a discussion. So even if you say, okay, like I heard what you said, I'm, I took it in, I just need some time to process everything that you said, and then you come back that evening and you think about it and you're like, okay, um, can we just pray really quickly before I share what I want to say? I just want God to be in this conversation. And you pray with him first and then you tell him what you've thought about and then say it. You know, that can definitely open the door for the, for the Holy Spirit to come in and convict both of your hearts and hopefully the conversation will be more productive. You're welcome. You're welcome. One day, can you talk about how spiritually spirituality is trending on social media and confusing the youth, especially girls being feminine, like astrology, manifesting, chakra healing, crystals? Yeah, you know, I, I have had, um, I have done a video on manifestation, law of attraction. It's super unfortunate that in the, the world of femininity, we have like, biblical femininity we have like the the true femininity in terms of like who you are as a woman and then we have the astrological like the the sun and the moon this and the moon being the feminine and the sun being the masculine and drawing from all of these different astrological things where you're literally worshiping 
the creations of things without worshiping the creator. And it's very, very sad. And I've seen so many people falling into this, people that I've, I would have never expected to. And I've personally even messaged people and just kind of gave them a heads up like, hey, I don't think you should be doing this, but people are going to do what they are led to do because those things also carry so much power. You know, there is spiritual, there is spirituality behind those things and it's not new. You know, Satan has used these things forever. As people, we just keep being regenerated, right? Like we live, we die. We live, we die. New generations come. They figure this out. Oh, what is this? It's nothing new. It's always been here, but this generation hasn't been exposed to it. So it's like the same cycle constantly. But it's the enemy doing what the enemy does, and it's it's just scary. Hi, Michelle. I love your videos so much. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. It's impacted me greatly. Oh, you're so welcome, my love. But yes, Sasha, I will definitely talk more about, about spirituality in terms of what people are doing with the manifesting, the chakras, the energy, the crystals, all of the witchcraft. And the things that are going on, which is just so sad because people don't realize they're playing with spirits and then they don't understand when they have depression and they have anxiety and they have all of these things going on that they can't explain and they're unmotivated and they're just locked down and they don't know that they've brought all of these things into their lives by listening to social media peoples. It's very sad. We must beware of the mystical elements and avenues. You can tell who's a true follower of Christ because they can articulate God's word clearly and boldly, but also with a soft yet stern tone. <laughs> love you. I love you too, Erica. And God will give you discernment. I saw tarot cards at Barnes & Noble. I was tempted. Al, let me tell you, I saw tarot cards at another bookstore by me, and I was devastated that this has become so mainstream. And I talked about this in another life, but there was a young lady that was like buying a book or something. And I walked up to her and I'm like, why are people into this? And she's just like, oh, well, you know, it's just fun to take out a tarot card and set your intentions for the day. And I'm like, you do know that that's witchcraft, right? And she's like, huh, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. And it was just like this fly by thought. And I'm thinking to myself, does she have any idea what she is playing with? You know, in the United States, we are not as privy to some of the spirituality things that maybe other people experience. So if you go to like parts of Asia, if you go to, to West Africa or East Africa, witchcraft and these things are so prevalent. People are so aware of all of these influences. But because here it's not as talked about, people think that this is some cool new thing that they're learning about and they have no idea how dangerous it is and it's scary because now they're making it more palatable and they're introducing it to children and it's just it's not good and more people do need to speak out about it more people do need to boldly correct it but unfortunately more often than not we're going to just see a lot of a lot of issues happening first for people to turn the light bulb on and realize what they've introduced into their lives people do not read the bible yes because the bible the bible tells you everything you need to know there is nothing new and when you read it you'll realize like oh my goodness here i was thinking all this stuff was 
a new trend. This stuff has been going on forever and God hates it. He hates it. And you don't want to be in that category. You don't. Everyone's looking for God. That's the thing. Like they think that these mystical things that they're doing are going to help them. You know, they're, they're looking for God, but they don't want to just go straight to God. They want to go through crystals and tarot cards and magic. They don't want to go straight to God. And that's the problem is that people are all looking for answers on how to get what they want in life, make their lives better, but they don't want to go straight to God. And that's what's sad. You know, like they want to heal their chakras and do all of these things because it sounds so cool and so fun and so trendy. And at the end of the day, everything that they want as a result of doing those things, God could give them immediately, immediately. And what's sad to me are those people who boldly claim to be followers of Christ and participate in these things. Those are the ones that I fear the most for because they are responsible for what's coming out of their mouth and the Lord will, <laughs> I just don't want it for them. Yes, they want the benefits of God without God. That is literally what the devil did. That is the exact reason why Satan was kicked out of heaven was because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to have all of God's power. And people do the same thing. It's just, it's the devil is behind all of those things. You want that power, but you cannot have it except going through Christ. And if you don't, you are going to, you may get it for sure, but it will come with a consequence that you can't afford to pay. I feel like I get asked this question in almost every life. So I'm, I'm thinking that this is just something that's starting to kind of just bubble up right now in society. And I just want to shut all of it down. The manifestations, the law of attraction, the, the stuff that you're listening to while you're sleeping to change how you look and all of those things that you're like trying to change your mind with. The tarot cards, the vision boards, all of the things that are trying to replace God Every single thing is not from God, okay? It is from the devil. It's not to say that certain things cannot have power because things do have power and God created every single thing. But are you including God or excluding God? There are certain things that God does not want to be included in. So you might say, oh, I'm doing this, but I'm including God. Well, he doesn't want me part of that. So he's not there. <laughs> and that's what you need to realize. He's not there. You're including him, but he's not there. And that, and that is a problem that you need to just stop because it's not necessary. Please protect yourself by just stopping. To me, is it really worth it? Even if you say you're not sure, is it worth it to you to lose everything that God had for you because you played around with something that you were not sure about. That's up to you. So be careful. It's it's becoming a real issue in society. And I'm just I'm just so tired of it. Please stop following tarot card writing astrology coaches. Did you just say she's a Christian? I follow a tarot card writer astrology coach. Oh my goodness.
please stop. Please stop. That was for you. Please stop. Okay, I love you. Have a good night. Thank you so much, ladies, for being here and listening to this podcast today. I hope that this information was helpful to you and you will have more courage to be able to step out in faith and partner with men who may be able to help lift your kingdom purpose. Be sure to check out the book, The Esther Anointing, written by Michelle McLean Walters, and read this chapter on your own because it's full of so many gems that we weren't able to cover tonight. Be sure to follow my Instagram page at A Feminine Impression for feminine inspiration and my personal Instagram page at Dr. Michelle Daff on Instagram. And if you want to watch this segment in video form and see the questions, then visit my YouTube channel. This is your host, Dr. Michelle Daff. And in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.